From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, controversial nominees are inching their way forward in the U.S. Senate. It's time to stop all new fossil fuel infrastructure in America. No more pipelines. That was Deb Holland, President Biden's nominee for Secretary of the Interior, speaking at an event before she was nominated. Has she changed her views? We'll talk with Montana Senator Steve Daines about the Holland nomination and the nomination of Javier Becerra to be HHS secretary. Uh, Becerra was before the Senate Finance Committee today, and Senator Daines asked a very, a very direct question. We'll see if he got an answer. Also on the House side today, there was a committee hearing on disinformation and extremism in the media. Elected officials using their platform to pressure private companies to censure media outlets they disagree with? That sounds like actions from the Chinese Communist Party, not duly elected representatives of the United States Congress. That was ranking member Republican Kathy McMorris Rogers taking her Democratic colleagues to task are using their positions to try to silence conservative voices. We'll talk with Ryan Anderson, president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, about the growing intolerance of the left for the views and ideas with which they disagree. And Canada's parliament not only put Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in a box, they may have very well put uh, President Biden on the spot. We'll talk about it in Gordon Chang later here on Washington Watch. And the House is set to vote on the Inequality Act tomorrow. This one is, uh, this measure is one of, if not, the greatest threat to the First Amendment to ever emerge from the hallowed halls of Congress. As Christians, why should we be concerned about this legislation and how should we respond? David Clawson, director of our Center for Biblical Worldview and Christian Ethics, joins me for that conversation. You won't want to miss it. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you have signed up for Gab, we had uh, an interview yesterday talking about this new platform, an alternative, a free speech alternative, in which free speech is welcomed uh, within the context of the law. There are limits, and uh, so it's safe to engage in. It's Gab. And if you want to follow me there on Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. That's at Tony underscore Perkins. You can go to Gab.com and uh, sign up and be a part of a growing community of people who value the First Amendment. Tonight, coming up 8 p.m. Eastern Time, this week's edition of Pray, Vote, Stand. I'll be joined by Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, a new venture he's engaged in. We'll also be talking about the defense of religious liberty. Pastor Mike McClure of San Jose, California, joins me. His church facing $2 million in fines. For what? You'll tell us for singing. That's tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, prayvotestand.org. All right, Health and Human Services Secretary nominee Javier Becerra was before the Senate Finance Committee today. And uh, I'll tell you what, he has a lot of ground to make up, but our next guest gave him an opportunity to, well, set the record straight on just how extreme he might be on the issue of abortion. Listen to this. Could you name one abortion restriction that you might support? Senator, let me let me try to respond this way. Um, I have tried to make sure on this important issue for so many people, where oftentimes, again, we have different views, but deeply held views, that I have tried to make sure that I am 
abiding by the law. Because whether it's a particular restriction or whether it's the whole idea of abortion, uh, whether we agree or not, we have to come to some conclusion, and that's where the law gives but, us. But is there, to go. just to be clear, is there any line you would draw? Is there just one, just one restriction as it relates to abortion so you're, that you're you talking. might support? That question was asked by U.S. Senator Steve Daines of Montana, and he joins us now. Senator, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to join you, Tony. Well, Senator, did you get a question? Did you get an answer to your question? I didn't. You know, it. Uh, I-, I went on just to ask him some very straightforward questions. What about a ban on the lethal discrimination of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome? Would you draw a line there? What about a ban on sex-selective abortion, whether it's a little girl or a little boy? Yes or no? What about a ban on partial birth abortion? What about a ban on denials of care to survivors of botched abortions? Tony oppressed him on, on each one of those, trying to give him at least a chance to set the record straight, which he, you know, he dodged the questions when he was before the Senate yesterday. And uh, clearly you saw the answer, um, didn't get an answer there. And he, he's been truly, I think, one of the most radical, aggressive pro-abortion leaders we've seen in this country when he served as attorney general of California. Right. And yesterday and today, his fallback was, I will enforce the law. Uh, I will abide by the law. But will he? I mean, now, that that might be easy to say in California where all of the laws were against uh, pro-lifers, against the sanctity of human life. My bigger question, Senator, is will he abide by the Constitution? not some laws that trample upon the Constitution. Well, as we know, uh, this God-given right of the right to life is very clearly enumerated in our Declaration of Independence. And without the right to life, you cannot pursue happiness uh, and and liberty. And so the, the, the bottom line is he's already demonstrated the fact he's thumbed his nose at the law by what happened when we then had Secretary Azar under the Trump administration in HHS, you know, he he uh, uh, fined California $200 million because they were in violation of federal law. And that – so whether it is abortion or religious liberty, keep in mind uh, Becerra has been terrible on the issue of conscience with Lucis of the Poor, uh, another – as well as an additional mission group where he has absolutely been aggressive. In fact, he – it was so bad in California – that uh, they put in place a provision that if you had a crisis pregnancy center, a center taking care of these maybe scared moms who are pregnant, they required signs we put up indicating where the nearest location to get an abortion was as these young women walked into these pro-life clinics. Yeah, and by the way, uh, just to remind our listeners, Senator Daines, that case went all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, it, initially, it was uh, headed up by now Vice President Kamala Harris, who preceded um, Mr. Becerra. And he went all the way to the Supreme Court. And this is, my, this is my point in terms of him enforcing the law. But he was slapped down by the Supreme Court for violating the Constitutional and free he, speech. He was. The Supreme Court was very clear on that. And, uh, and thank God. Uh, for the court ruling on this case. So, Senator, uh, before we move on to some of these other radical nominees, where do you think your colleagues stand with uh, Javier Becerra as heading up the agency with the largest federal budget of any of the agencies? 
uh, they oversee about 27 different institutes and uh, sub-agencies. And as we've, you've rightly pointed out in your questioning, they drive the policy as it pertains to the issue of the sanctity of human life. Well, I know where I'm at. I'll be vigorously opposing him, Tony. You know, the, the, the sad fact, I, I had a chat, a great conversation with uh, former Secretary Azar, and uh, he was telling me that he, about all the lawsuits of you know, Azar versus Becerra because the secretary of HHS then under the Trump administration was holding California accountable. And he, he said, I probably have 100 lawsuits <laughs> against Becerra. He said, I can't imagine. Here's somebody who will, could be the next secretary. Will it be what, a Becerra versus Becerra now in terms yeah. of the lawsuits that are out there? Right. So, so this, I, I'm concerned, Tony. Um, I, I know where I'm at on this. I know some of my uh, colleagues here who hold firm the convictions of, of, of life and religious liberty, and there are many of us. You know, the question is, will there be enough uh, to get to, to 51? Because with these nominations, the magic number is 51, given that Kamala Harris gets to cast a tiebreaker in this 50-50 Senate. I don't know if we're there yet, Tony, but we're not going to give up the fight. Senator, this is not just someone, and, and we expect you know, the, the change of ideologies when there's a change of jerseys. All right. So we, we fully anticipated that the, you know, the Democratic Party that's in the tank for abortion would have a pro-abortion uh, attorney general, pro-abortion uh, secretary of state, pro. I mean, that's probably it's a litmus test for the left. But this guy's not just pro-abortion. He's not just anti-life. Uh, this guy is rabid. I mean, he has a long history on this issue. Well, he does, Tony. And if you kind of want to expand uh, his radical views, uh, it's clear what his position has been as relates to abortion. But I'm really concerned about the position on religious liberty. Yeah. Uh, he has been absolutely rabid and activist. Yeah. And that, that, that is very concerning as we're seeing what's happened before our very eyes in our country, where the yeah. far left is doing all they can to, you know, to cancel any right of center thought, religious thought. Uh, here is one more advocate on that cancel culture bandwagon that unfortunately now seems to really characterize what's going on in the Biden administration. Duly, duly noted. Uh, thank you. Let me move on to one of the other nominations that you're concerned with. Being from Montana, big sky country, um, you're concerned about the president's nominee for secretary of interior. I do. So his nominee is Representative uh, Deb Holland, and she is a congresswoman from New Mexico. But she, like Becerra, has embraced the most far-left and radical ideas as it relates to her record on public lands and energy. Let me give you an example. She opposes all pipelines, not just the Keystone Pipeline, all pipelines. She wants a ban on fracking. She wants all fossil fuel infrastructure stopped. She she, uh, opposes trapping on public lands. She's opposed to everything that we need in the West to keep the lights on. She's opposed to it. She was ranked one of the top ten most liberal members of the House. Now, Tony, that is a pretty distinguished list because that would have AOC on that list. And really, she is embracing everything that AOC stands for. We have seen that, unfortunately, from Congresswoman Holland. Yeah, I was actually just listening to a speech she made back in 2018, the Net Roots Conference, in which she she says she she exactly she said exactly what you just said. She wants to eliminate all fossil fuels. She wants 100 percent 
dependence upon renewable energy. Um, ask the folks in Texas how that turned out last week. It got a little chilly down there in Texas, didn't it? And I, I tell you, I, uh, I, I hope the, um, the American people, the majority of American people are seeing through this. I think they are in terms of, you know, remember where we were, Tony, back in the 70s, dependencies yeah. on the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, when, when, yep. there was, when, when the uh, Arab countries launched the attack, uh, the War of Yom Kippur, oil prices quadrupled, and then those inflationary effects created interest rates of nearly 20% yes. back in the early 80s. What that does to home ownership in terms of farms and ranches and business collapsing because of inflation, high interest rates, I mean, all that was tied to energy. And because of American energy innovation, we are now globally energy dominant. We're a net exporter now of energy. And these crazy far-left liberals now want to take us back, back to the dark ages. You know, the only reason they can do that, Senator, is because of the success of the policies of the, pre of the previous administration that gives us the luxury to be stupid. I tell you, prosperity is causing us some problems right now. We're, just, we're kind of spoiled on lower energy prices, a robust economy here before COVID. Uh, we got to keep up this fight here of common sense and balance. Well, and I appreciate uh, you doing that. I appreciate your very direct questioning in the committee today. And, and thank you for leading up the effort in the United States Senate on behalf of the sanctity of human life. Thank you, Tony. God bless you and your efforts as well. All right. Senator Steve Daines of Montana. To find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right. Speaking of censorship and the left, Ryan Anderson joins me next. Looks like Amazon is starting a virtual book burning. He tells us about it next. Don't go away. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I, I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In our time, North Korea remains one of the world's most mysterious countries. Unfortunately, what we do know about North Korea indicates the country is also one of the world's worst abusers of human rights, including violations of religious freedom. The North Korean regime has engaged in an intense crackdown on religion for decades. Today, few religious believers remain, and those who do face grave danger. The secretive nature of the regime, nicknamed the Hermit Kingdom, makes it difficult for American leaders to address these human rights issues. Yet, even though options are limited, the gravity of the situation calls on Western countries to take every action possible to relieve the suffering of the North Korean people, a people who have no chance of speaking up for themselves. To learn more about this important issue, check out FRC's publication titled North Korea, the World's Foremost Violator of Religious Freedom. To access the information you need to stay informed, including a list of policy proposals, go to frc.org 
slash North Korea. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Uh, let me remind you tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray Vote Stand. You can go to prayvotestand.org. Dr. Ben Carson will be one of my guests. You want to join us for that, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, we were talking about uh, hearing in the Senate. Well, there was a hearing over in the House today, a virtual hearing, in the House Energy and Commerce Committee on disinformation and extremism in the media. Uh, that was a... Uh, a thinly veiled attack on religious freedom by the left. I mean, on freedom of speech by the left. Uh, here's a, a short clip of Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers, the ranking member on the committee, in her opening statement, basically pulling back the curtains on what was happening. So today the media is the target, but where does it end? We've already seen liberal ideology pushed in our schools, where we work, the books we read, who we communicate with, how we practice our faith. It's frightening. And you know what the worst part is? People are afraid of a woke and authoritarian system that is getting them fired, canceled, and shamed. And so they're being silent. They have no voice. They can't trust the broken institutions to protect them. This culture of fear is unjust. And this committee should not be using fear to force everyone to be the same or be destroyed. It's abuse of power. And it's a force of a state religion of liberal ideology. I embrace all of us to embrace our fundamental rights that lie at the foundation of a free government by free men. Well, speaking of books, there may not be flames, but make no mistake about it. Amazon and other big tech companies uh, I think would make some of history's most oppressive regimes proud with their virtual book Burnings. Joining me now to uh, to give us the details, Ryan T. Anderson, the president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Ryan, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, Ryan, three years ago, you wrote a book when Harry became, became Sally. It was on the transgender movement, very, very detailed, documented, science-based. Um, it was up there in Amazon, and all of a sudden, overnight, the same week that the Equality Act is being voted on by Congress, the book vanishes. It goes up in virtual flames. What's going on? That's, ex that's exactly right. Uh, we still have no idea what's going on. Um, this was brought to my attention Sunday afternoon. Someone was trying to buy the book on Amazon, and they said to me, 
it's no longer there. And I was like, what do you mean it's no longer there? So I, you know, I looked on my app uh, and it wasn't there anymore. I looked at my Amazon app and, you know, we've reached out. Uh, my publisher has reached out and um, all they have told us, they took two days to get back to us. Uh, so they told us late yesterday afternoon that it violates their content policy. And our only assumption is that, you know, they, they've added a new hate speech aspect to their content policy and they must be saying that the book somehow violates that, but they won't tell us what aspect of the policy it violated. And they won't tell us, you know, what passage, what page, what sentence is 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 the offending passage. So we have no idea. Well, well Ryan, that would suggest that every biology book would violate their standard. I mean, it, it would check that if this is the reason that anyone who's telling the truth, anyone who believes that, you know, we're created male and female, whether from a faith-based perspective or from a science-based perspective, all of those so it, books are going to have to come off the cyber shelves. So, so the Bible is next because Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 19. I mean, it, it'll be really interesting for them to explain, you know, what is the limiting principle here, right? There's that's no the problem. Be, that's be, be banned next. Well, that's the problem with the left. There's no consistency because they have no, they're not dealing with objective truth. It's just whatever they decided to be based upon the pressure that they receive from some special interest group. Yeah, my sense is that with, you know, President Trump being out of office now and Attorney General Barr no longer being the attorney general, um, they feel like they can get away with a lot more. Um, you know, our, our listeners probably remember towards the end of the of the Trump uh, presidency, Attorney General Barr, they, they launched uh, a suit against Google for monopolistic practices, antitrust practices. I think now big tech uh, probably thinks that they can you know, get away with more because the Biden people are going to be cheering them on. So, Ryan Anderson, let me ask you this question. Do you think this is an orchestrated effort by the left, not just your book, but just this censorship that we see sweeping America? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, so earlier today, both Abigail Schreier's book and Deborah So's book were eliminated from Target's uh, website. Uh, and, you know, for listeners who don't know, Abigail Schreier's written a wonderful book. Uh, about rapid onset gender dysphoria in girls. Deborah So has written a book about the science of our embodiment as male and female. And so for all three of these books to be disappeared within just days of each other, um, I mean, that's a, that's a big coincidence. Now, uh, Ryan, I, I understand that in America, we today we really don't teach history in our schools, and so we, we, we don't have that framework, but some of us do know history. We've read history. We've studied history. There have been regimes in the past, uh, going back to the 1930s, that burned books, anything that challenged their unnatural and irrational ideologies because they wanted nothing that could challenge it because they couldn't defend it. Are we seeing a repeat of that? I think sadly so, um, because if they could defeat it, they would just argue on the merits. I mean, this is like where the lawyers say, where you can argue the facts, argue the facts, and you can argue uh, the law, argue the law, when you can't argue either, bang the table. And I mean, I think that's what we're seeing here. Uh, they can't argue based on the science. They can't argue based on the medicine. They can't argue based on the philosophy. They can't argue based on the theology. So what's left, left to do, just not have the argument, you know, use our market power to shut it down. A final question, Ryan, on the way out. What are we to do? Well, I think, one, we should be contacting Amazon and voicing our um, uh, our displeasure at this as customers. 
um, letting them know they're losing customers. Two, we should buy the book elsewhere. It's sold out right now at Barnes & Noble, but you can get it directly from the publisher. Uh, And then three, I think we need to support um, institutions like FRC, like EPPC, that provide safe havens for scholars who are doing this work. Absolutely. Um, if you want these books to be written, it's going to be the Family Research Council. It's going to be Ethics and Public Policy Center. And I would think, Ryan, that given the market forces, that some smart entrepreneur is going to say, you know what? I'm going to take all the banned books and I'm going to sell them and I'm going to make a man. That's a great idea. A great idea. Ryan Anderson, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you for the contribution you make to a thinking community all across America. Happy to do it. Thank you. All right, uh, Ryan T. Anderson, get a copy of the book. Go to TonyPerkins.com. You can follow the links over. Whatever, don't be silent, folks. We have to speak out. Gordon G. Chang, here next about China. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download, or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Bookmark it. Check it out, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss any of the program, it's archived there at TonyPerkins.com. All right, Canada's parliament has declared China's treatment of Uyghurs genocide. Now, this is what uh, Secretary, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, moved toward right as the Trump administration was leaving office. Well, Canada's House of Commons passed the motion 266 to 0. And lawmakers even passed an amendment requesting Canada to push for a new 2022 Olympics location, which is uh, scheduled to be in Beijing. 
Now, the prime minister, not so happy about being put on the spot, but does this put President Biden and his administration on the spot? Joining me now to talk about it, Gordon G. Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, as well as The Great U.S.-China Tech War. You can follow Gordon at Gordon G. Chang at, on uh, on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon G. Chang, welcome back to Washington Watch. Well, thank you so much, Tony Perkins. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk about this. Does this put uh, Trudeau in a, in, a, in a box in Canada? Oh, it certainly did, um, because you had um, Trudeau not show up in Parliament. Matter of fact, he just sent his foreign secretary to say that the government was abstaining. But across the political spectrum in Canada, and this included not only the opposition conservatives, but also Trudeau's own liberals, they went overwhelmingly for this. And so essentially what we have right now is Canada saying, yes, this is genocide. Yes, we should move the Beijing Olympics, which are going to schedule to start in, the, in a year. And indeed, that does put Biden on the spot, as you suggested. So how might the Biden administration respond to this? You know, he had uh, he was asked in his first town hall meeting about China, and it was a a very muddled response. I still have not been able to decipher it. Uh, So what might we see from the Biden administration? Well, so far, the Biden administration has said that they are not in favor of a boycott of the Beijing Olympics. Um, But there's a lot of pressure that is building up. And it's not just excuse me. It's not just in the United States and Canada. It's also around the world. And the reason is because China is obviously committing crimes against humanity, including genocide. And this, of course, is abhorrent. Well, with this uh, BBC uh, report that has come out, I mean, it is hard to fathom how any nation, any country of civilized human beings could stand by and allow um, their country to give credibility to China by participating in the Olympics. Yes, that BBC report you talked about uh, is uh, discusses institutionalized rape. This is not just scattered rapes of Uyghur women by Chinese officials. This is obviously done on a long-term, institutional, officially sanctioned basis. And it's not just rape of women that we're talking about. It's also the abuse of minor Uyghur girls. There's institutionalized slavery, genocide, as we discussed, imprisoning um, children. Um, You know, you just name it. There are Uyghurs dying in those detention camps. There's been more than a million Uyghurs who have been um, detained, um, probably somewhere on the order of three million. We know that the Chinese are killing people in those camps because they're building crematoria. And although there are not mass exterminations, um, which is the one distinguishing feature between the People's Republic of China and the Third Reich of Germany, China is moving in that direction. Well, but there are also there are the reports that came out a couple of years ago about the harvesting of body parts. Yes, and there's the uh, the tribunal in London uh, by Jeffrey Nice, um, which documented this, and this is a one in a series of reports that uh, show that there has been organ har- organ harvesting of Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other minorities. You put all this together, these, um, these crimes are actually worse than committed, those committed by the Third Reich prior to the mass exterminations that began in 1941. So we're talking about a nation which is um, 
involved in the worst atrocities that we have seen as um, a world for about 70, 80 years. And we can't deny it. The evidence is out there. And you have Fortune 500 companies that continue to do business with China, benefiting in some cases from slave labor uh, somewhere in the supply chain. You have an administration that is refusing to acknowledge and take decisive action. I I believe if nothing happens, if we continue down this path, there will be those that will uh, regret. Well, I, I can't say that because apparently they have no conscience. When you consider what is happening to these people, These are moms, these are sisters, these are brothers, these are human beings that are being systematically abused by a government, and we're standing by doing nothing. Yes, and just to pick up on one of your points, we have a company called Nike that uh, lectures the American people about racism, but which actually had its shoes manufactured in conditions that really were slave labor, not just forced labor, Tony. This was slave labor. This went on for decades. Nike obviously knew about it, although they denied it. Um, Clearly, this is hypocrisy at a level that we've never seen. And we have a number of athletes in the NBA who are are connected to Nike who have been lecturing us about all sorts of things. This is just horrific. Yeah, The, the hypocrisy is so bad, but they don't even blush. They just continue with their lecturing us about social justice. Gordon G. Chang, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tony. And, and folks, you can take decisive action yourself. There, uh, there are lists. In fact, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put it up on my website at some point. I'm going to put this list together of identified companies that have benefited from China's supply chain using forced labor. And you need to boycott. In fact, it's easier just to boycott everything coming out of China. Just don't buy it. Buy it from someplace else. All right, David Clawson is here next with me. Don't go away. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment 
and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash hide. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservatives, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins. You're listening to Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. Right tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray Vote Stand. You can uh, join us 8 p.m. Eastern Time by going to PrayVoteStand.org. We'll be joined by uh, Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, we'll also be joined by uh, Pastor Mike McClary of uh, Mike, Mike McClure, I'm sorry, uh, from San Jose, California. Uh, his church, because they've been meeting, uh, has amassed fines of over $2 million, $2.5 million. He's going to be joining us uh, tonight. So join us, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow, the House of Representatives is slated once again to vote on the Equality Act, a very deceptive title. It should be called the Inequality Act. Of course, uh, Democrats are no strangers to marketing tactics, and the Equality Act is a prime example of that. Uh, saying this is about ending discrimination when, in fact, it's about launching one of the greatest assaults on religious freedom and the freedom of speech that probably our country has ever seen coming out of Congress. And that's saying a lot. I want to talk about this from a standpoint of this is a prime example of a clash of worldviews. And and we we actually, I think we talked on this earlier. Uh, If we haven't, we've talked about it before but how this whole LGBTQ uh, is becoming a religion. And there is this, and it is, it is a religion in humanism. I mean, this is about man. It's about man being able to define his own destiny, being able to define his own gender. He is his own creator, in essence. And that is that stands in stark contrast to a biblical worldview, which recognizes God as the creator. And if if you get the first 13 chapters of Genesis correct, you're going to have a a pretty straight shot all the way through. Because he is the creator and he creates the rules. He created the universe. He created us. And therefore, he has the authority to set the rules by which we live. Now, it's not to restrict us. It's actually to provide a pathway for life. And we reject it at our, really at our own demise. But we see this conflict, and with this conflict of these two diametrically opposed worldviews, increasingly there is no middle ground. 
And some say, why can't we just all get along? Well, I would love to do that, but you have to have a, you have to have a foundation. You have to have a spot to meet, and it has to be truth. And when we cannot even agree on biology anymore, it's hard to find one square inch of truth which we could all stand on. At least the other side would stand on. We have plenty of truth to stand on. So what does the Equality Act do? Well, it is a massive bill that amends, it provides about 60 amendments to 10 civil rights pieces of legislation and other pieces of legislation uh, that would basically change the definition of sex and gender uh, to accommodate this, well, uh, this craziness that has embraced our society. Joining me now to uh, to talk about this is FRC's Director of Biblical Worldview and Christian Ethics, David Clawson. David, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me, Tony. Now, this, uh, as I was talking about, the deceptive titles that they use and the deceptive framing that they use, you know, the claim is that this bill is designed to eradicate discrimination. The president even coming out with a statement this week saying Congress has to pass this because we have to end this discrimination now. What are we talking about here? Tony, when it comes to the Equality Act, I think you just mentioned it in your opening about how it's so important to define our terms. I did an interview uh, just last week where they were uh, the, the host was asking about the issue of unity. And they said, well, aren't you, you know, President Biden keeps talking, calling for unity. Aren't you in favor of unity? And I, I tried to make the point that, you know, at least when it comes to unity, unity in and of itself is a morally neutral term. It depends on what you're u- uniting around or uniting against. When it comes to discrimination, we need to be careful uh, to define that term as well. As Christians who believe that all people are made in the image of God, are we against discriminating um, against anybody? Of course we're against that. Uh, we believe all people have inherent dignity and worth. But when you look at the uh, the deceptively named Equality Act and what it's calling for, it's calling for discriminating, actually, against millions and millions of Americans with sincerely held beliefs on life, human dignity, uh, marriage, and human sexuality. And so it's, we need to be, you know, who controls the lexicon kind of controls the culture wars. And we need to be very careful on how we're defining these terms because if you're going to, we need to push back against the narrative that this is about combating discrimination. This is actually going to only propel discrimination uh, if it were to be enacted. Yeah, I'm going to give a quick overview, David, of the various aspects that are touched upon uh, by the Equality Act. It's a sweeping piece of legislation. Uh, you, it, it, It's not just the LGBTQ. It uh, brings in the issue of abortion because pregnant mothers and their unborn children are affected because it changes the uh, the definition of uh, public accommodation, accommodations to include health care providers. And through this gymnastics, this uh, this uh, mental g- gymnastics they do, legislative g- gymnastics they do, they they bring it to a point that healthcare providers are now public accommodations, and therefore, if you're a woman, you have a right not to be discriminated against. Therefore, you have a right to get an abortion. I'm not sure how they get there, but they get there in the Equality Act. 
No, they sure do, Tony. And it's so important. Again, we talked about just a second ago defining terms, and they comp- what they do in the act is they actually redefine what sex means. Uh, I read through the legislation today, and several times it says wherever sex appears in any sort of federal civil rights legislation, it means, uh, according to the, the people who wrote this law, sexual orientation and gender identity. And you're right. When it comes to health care, they, they say that health care is now a public accommodation. And with a public accommodation, you can't discriminate on the basis of sex. And well, sex now means gender identity, sexual orientation, and means that healthcare providers can't discriminate when it comes to abortion. So what the Equality Act does is very deceptively, but it really would expand abortion access and really threaten uh, the Hyde Amendment, which bars federal funds from going towards abortion. So that's right. a major part of the uh, the so-called Equality Act. Right, absolutely. Eliminate the Hyde Amendment. It also will affect family-owned businesses. Uh, the Equality Act changes uh, Title VII. Uh, those changes would mean that employers will be forced to provide health care insurance coverage for home hormone treatments or sex reassignment surgery for individuals with gender dysphoria. And while typically the title... Uh, seven regs only apply to businesses that have 15 or more employees. The Equality Act, showing how far they want to go in forcing this agenda on every American, this applies to everyone uh, across the board, no matter how big or small your business is. No, it, it does, Tony. And, you know, for listeners of the program who thought the Obama years were bad, and they were, we, we had stories about florists and, and bakers and wedding vendors who were being, uh, you know, all these lawsuits because they couldn't participate in a, a same-sex wedding ceremony or something that violated their religious beliefs. What the Equality Act would do, though, Tony, is it, would, it wouldn't just be wedding vendors who are in the crosshairs of the sexual uh, revolution. It would be Every business, like you just said, in, including uh, Christian colleges and universities. Uh, again, when I read through the law, it makes it very clear uh, that any organization, any school that receives federal funding, which could come in the form of a tuition assistance, uh, they would therefore couldn't discriminate on the basis of sex, which, again, they've rewritten to mean gender identity and sexual orientation. So Christian seminaries, Christian colleges uh, that have upheld a biblical understanding of marriage since they were founded, again, they would all of a sudden be in the crosshairs uh, with the secular left if this legislation were to be passed. So that's what's so crazy about this bill, Tony. It affects nearly every segment of society, and that's right. what makes it so dangerous. And, and I just want to point out that it's not, it doesn't stop with uh, Christian colleges. It goes to public schools. I mean, private schools, private Christian schools, elementary, uh, any school receiving any type of federal funding. That could be a subsidized lunch program. Uh, it could be any money that flows from the federal government will be a string that they use to force this agenda on these institutions, meaning that, uh, number one, you can put uh, you can scratch women's sports, girls' sports off the list. That's going to be sidelined because now biological males uh, can compete if they f- say they're a woman or a female. Uh, this means locker rooms, restrooms, um, anything like that. There's no longer going to be a separation of the sexes all the way down to elementary school. You know, that, that's absolutely, you know, that's, there's so many places we could talk about, but you're right. It absolutely obliterates 
uh, female sports, uh, sports that are designed for, for women only. But, Tony, one other aspect of this bill that I think we should mention uh, for any pastor that might be listening to the program, uh, when it comes to redefining what it means to be a public accommodation, if you look at the right. law, and I'm reading it right now, it would define it as any establishment that provides a good service or program, including a store, shopping center, online retailer, service provider, a food bank, a service or care center, shelter, travel agency, or a funeral parlor, or any establishment that provides health care. So if you're a church that provides uh, any kind of social services, such as a food bank, or maybe you have a shelter to, to protect battered women, again, all of a sudden, if you have any sort of uh, social good, because they're redefining public accommodation and redefining sex, all of a sudden your church could be in trouble if you have a uh, any sort of, you adhere to a statement of faith on what marriage is, on what human sexuality is. And again, that's why even every pastor in America needs to be real, realize that this legislation is actually taking aim at them as well. Right, it is. And if you uh, allow your church to be rented for weddings, uh, that would put you into that category. Now, David, I have a, a, a long, um, uh, I've been around a while. Okay, and I've been in public policy, and I've seen how the 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 left works. They they've carved out. In fact, there's another measure that's supposed to be a compromise, uh, fairness for all that's advancing, which carves out a little more space for the church community, the religious community. But let me tell you what happens with that. I've seen it happen multiple times. Is that they carve out a little bit of protection, fig leaf, for religious freedom. Because they know that that group is going to be the most vocal. But once they get this through, then they come back. Might not be next year, but might be the year after that. And then they force the churches into the same line with everyone else, and they have lost their protections. The thing we have to realize, David, and our listeners need to realize, is that religious freedom is not something that's granted to an institution, to a church. It is granted to each and every American. And we must defend it. We must stand up for it. It's not just about our church and what happens in our church. It's what happens in our home. It's what we allow our children to be exposed to. It's the choices we make. It's the places we shop. We have that right as Americans to embrace religious freedoms just as the founders did. As they saw everything they did, as Scripture says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory of God. That's the way we need to view religious freedom in this country, and that clearly, clearly is being attacked by the Equality Act. Absolutely, Tony. And, you know, it's important to, again, read the fine uh, details in the bill. And the bill actually goes out of its way to say that where uh, claims of, you know, discrimination related to sexual orientation, gender identity, where they come into conflict with religious liberty, uh, gender identity and sexual orientation wins. It's in the bill. It says that the Freedom of Religious Restoration Act of 1993 uh, cannot apply anymore. It's gutted. it's completely gutted, and that's why it's so important. You know, religious freedom. You know, the, as the founders intended, as is uh, uh, 
upheld by RIFRA, is, up, is upheld by the First Amendment, isn't just the, the freedom to believe, or, you know, to go worship within the four walls of your church or your synagogue or your mosque. It, religious freedom is the ability to believe what you want in terms of uh, doctrine and, and belief and to order your lives in right. accordance with those beliefs. And so, uh, you know, I know there's whole denominations that have said, well, maybe we can go with, you know, freedom for all or something like that. Maybe that'll protect the clergy. Well, as pastors, we need to be watchmen on the wall, realizing that uh, legislation like the Equality Act will affect every person in our congregation. We and need that's to protect why we need our to be, people. We need to yes, protect sir, we need our to protect people and their people. freedom. Absolutely. And, 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 and this will have, this will come with the ability of the government to enforce it and penalize those who do not get in line. And, you know, historically and biblically, government's role has been to punish evil behavior. We read that in Romans chapter 13, a very prominent passage. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. But look what's happening here, David. We're turning it on its head. This is this is Isaiah 5. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. That is what our government is doing through the Equality Act. That, that's what the Equality Act is. It, it, it turns on its head a biblical understanding of Romans 13. And in fact, would in, it's going to enforce uh, conformity to a standard that on marriage and sexuality and religious freedom that is antithetical to Scripture. And so it's a completely uh, reverse of how Christians have understood the role of government, which has been granted to it by God. And we cannot, we cannot, we cannot go along with it, no matter what. David Clawson, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me today. Thank you, Tony. And, folks, thank you for joining me as well. Look, you can, uh, you can actually download a policy paper that we've done on the Equality Act, go to TonyPerkins.com. Join us tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, I leave you with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.